Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features Senior Pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. In this episode, Pastor Eric preaches from Luke chapter 10 about idols of the heart. There is only room for one Lord in our lives. Is Jesus invited into the house of our hearts? Christ asks us to come, be still, and listen. What should come first, worship or service, our hearts or our hands? Let God move and speak to you in this message from the life of Jesus. And now, here's Pastor Eric. This morning I want to talk about the idol of productivity. Now, one thing that the coronavirus has done is the coronavirus has revealed some of the idols of the heart. If we'll let it, God will use this terrible thing to sanctify us, to make us get right with God or to be holier. Even as a church, even as Americans, even as individuals, God can take something bad and He can work it for good. Amen? He can work it for His glory. And so one of the things that the coronavirus does and and did and is doing is that it reveals some of our idols of the heart. During this pandemic, did you not feel, did you not discover that we all bow down as Americans to this idol of productivity? What'd you do when you couldn't produce? What'd you feel? How did you respond when you felt unproductive? How did you see this play out in your life? Wonder about this, what did you do in order to feel productive? In order to feel like I've got to produce, I'm going to create this job or this work or this project. Did you find yourself doing that? Creating things to do and places to go and projects to take on, right? We don't want to feel unproductive. What occurs in somebody's heart when they feel unproductive? Well, we start to suffer from guilt and shame in this area. We feel guilty when we don't produce. And so we create things to do in order to feel productive, in order to feel better about ourselves and our time and how we use the time. Sadly, we we feel like we have to do certain things. We shame ourselves and we shame other people. Even if we feel like someone is being unproductive, we're going to shame them. What would you do today? Right? Well, you know, they they haven't done anything. What occurs, right? In order to feel better about ourselves and our time, we we feel we have to do certain things. So what happens when you can't be productive? What happens when you're forced to be still? A young lady named Martha, she knew what this idol of the heart felt like. So take your Bible and go to Luke chapter 10. If you're using the Black Pew Bible, this is on page 869. Page 869, jump down to the verse 38 about Martha and Mary. This is the story, the true story in the life of Jesus that we read. The Bible says, now as they went on their way, Jesus and His disciples, right? they just finished the parable of the Good Samaritan, Help your neighbor. Now they're traveling. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. Right, Bethany. And a woman named Martha, I believe a young woman, but she was a a homeowner, if you will. A young woman named Martha. Martha and Mary lived there. Martha welcomed him, welcomed Jesus into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. 
She's sitting there at Jesus' feet, listening. Are you? Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Nothing wrong with that, but she's distracted. She's producing. She's performing. She's serving. And she went up to Jesus and said, notice maybe this is a jab at Jesus, certainly at Mary. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, I believe a gentle tone, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled, you're worried and stressed about many things, but one thing is necessary. Only one dish is needed. You're trying to go way over the top in producing and performing. One thing is essential. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Mary's chosen what was better. And this will not be taken away from her. The story about Jesus and Mary and Martha. Jesus loves women. Jesus has women friends. And Mary and Martha are a couple of those friends. But this young lady, Martha, knows what it's like to be an American and know what it's like to, to live in this culture of produce, perform, bow to that idol of the heart. Martha felt like she had to produce and perform a whole lot of things. But Jesus said, there's just one needful thing right now. There's one most important thing. And Mary had that figured out. Now, one of the first things that we need to notice is this, that Jesus was a welcomed guest in this home. If this was the, the home setting, they were in it, and Jesus was right there in the living room, if you will. If this was around the Feast of Tabernacles, which some think that it was, then it was a, he was in a sukkah, a booth that was, that was built on the side of a home. Every year about this time, September, October, they would build a, a sukkah, a tabernacle, and they would recall the Old Testament Exodus story about how they lived in the wilderness, and maybe Jesus and, and Mary and Martha were in that. But regardless, Jesus is there and He's speaking. And Mary is at His feet listening. Martha had welcomed Jesus into the house. Have you done that? Have you welcomed Jesus into your life? Have you welcomed Jesus into your house? Even your house where you dwell? Some say, no, Jesus, you stay at the church. That's where I like you. Don't be getting in my business. Don't be coming to my house, Jesus. I don't want you to see what I do at my house. That, that's off limits, right? Or some don't even open the, the house of their heart up to, to Christ, right? Have you welcomed? Say, Jesus, I welcome you as Lord and Savior. Come in and teach me and speak to me. and You can have all the rooms in any, any part. Martha welcomed Him in. Maybe you've done that also. What about Mary? Mary's sitting. She's listening, the Bible says. Martha is distracted. That's the key word. Distracted with much serving. Nothing wrong with serving, is there? No. I told you as we read it, I noticed Martha's words. I have this great way of I can say something to my kids and make it a jab at my wife. Can you do that? Or I can actually say it to my wife and I can also still jab at her about something that I, that I, that I don't quite you know, like. Or, uh, you, you, you know the same way. And I wonder if, if Martha is not jabbing a little at Jesus here when she says these words. Lord, do you jab, not care? Lord, you don't care. You're not saying anything about this. Do you not care that my sister... Jab at Mary now? She's left me to serve? I'm the one doing. I'm the one sweating over these dishes and performing, trying to make everything great for you, Jesus. Right? Do you not, do you not care? Mary had chosen the better thing. I think he's gentle with Martha. He corrects her. Gently, I think. Thank God. 
In verse 41, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. We need to hear that correction too. And I think Christ comes to us with a gentle voice, sometimes says, Eric, Eric, you've got this idol in your heart and it's causing all these emotions and attitudes and, and activities in you and, and you need to, let me speak to that. You need to be concerned about the one needful thing. The better portion here was not many dishes, but, but just one listening. That's the better thing here. I don't, Jesus is saying, I don't need all these dishes. you got one and that's good. The most important thing is just to be still and know that I'm God. To listen to Christ. So one of the key principles in this story is this, worship before service. Heart before hands. That's what's important, that we worship before we serve. That we give God our heart before we start to give Him our, our hands and our feet. One scholar notes this, to be occupied with Christ is more important than to be occupied for Christ. Sometimes because of our Martha culture, we want to be occupied for Christ and we forget that it's more important to be occupied with Christ, to just know Him, listen to Him, love Him. So the question is, how's your devotional life? During this time, in the busyness of life, how's your time with Christ, your devotion time? God is speaking. Are you listening? In the pandemic, He's shouting to hearts. Will we listen or will we just keep being distracted with all the serving? Got to get back to school. Got to get back to sports. Got to get back to church, religion. Got to get back to this. Got to get back to doing, 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 doing. Because that makes us feel important. So let's look at a couple of idols of the heart. Number one is this idol that Martha knew. It's the idol of productivity. The idol of productivity. Producing and feeling that we have to do that for everything in our life wonder, how do we worship at the idol of productivity? Oh, we bow to it, don't we? In our hearts as Americans, we bow to it. We look to it for our sense of purpose, our sense of fulfillment and satisfaction, our sense of identity, right? This gives me my identity. This gives me my fulfillment, my satisfaction. This gives me purpose in life because I do. And I'm able to do this. We let our jobs define us. We let our tasks define us, our accomplishments. We let all these things define us and satisfy us. We run to it for satisfaction. Our society worships at this altar. We enslave ourselves to productivity. We submit our efforts to it, our resources to it, our actions and attitudes to it. And if we're not careful, we even do this. We measure our acceptance with God based on what we do or don't do or fail to do. We say, God, I, you accept me because today I read my Bible, went to church and prayed. I'm good. I performed. I produced. God accepts me because I check, 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 check. And that's wrong, right? We're not based, we're not accepted by God based on what we do, but what, on, what Christ has done for us. But as Americans, we earnestly seek to be productive at almost any cost to ourselves and even our loved ones, our family, our friends, those around us. I believe a personal sacrifice, a lot of dear things to this idol, even their family. All of a sudden, the dad, in order to feel productive, he's, his identity and his accomplishments, he always has to be doing, doing, doing. And the, the kid's like, when can we ever just be with dad? His job gives him fulfillment. His lawn work, I don't, whatever it is, right? Him producing in this way. And we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll say, here's, here's the, my kids, 
God of productivity. Here's my spouse. Here's my whatever, my money. And even our language reveals that we worship the idol of productivity. We're called human beings, right? Not human doings. But we define our lives and our days by what we do. We say and ask, what did you do today? What are you doing? Why not say and ask, what did you experience today? How are you feeling today? You see, even our language in society is based on productivity, based on what we get done. What did you do today? Or we meet somebody new and we say this, what do you do for a living? All of a sudden, everything, identity, satisfaction, ah, I am satisfied today because I, I did this, this, and this around the house, right? Husband comes home, what did you do today? And if you didn't, you're shamed for it, right? You feel guilty. So in order not to feel guilty, in order for you to feel good, I do this, 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 and this. And that gives me such happiness and, and self-worth. And so all of a sudden, I'm, I'm bowing down to it. So one thing that the coronavirus pandemic should, should force us to do is this. Ask good questions. It should lead us to say, search us, oh God. See what's in my heart. Reveal the sin to me. It should lead us to examine ourselves and ask good questions. Why? are so many worshiping the idol of productivity? Why do we look for our self-worth in that area? I wonder about this. What are some ways that you see this in your life? How do you busy yourself with many tasks? I don't know, maybe for some of you it was retirement, and all of a sudden you go through this crisis because like, I can't produce anymore, and I'm not expected to, and I don't know what to do. I don't know where my identity and fulfillment and satisfaction, and it's just God going, look, that was maybe an idol of the heart. Right? Or all of a sudden the pandemic shuts, shuts things down. What do I do with my days? And all of a sudden I would find myself doing crazy things, you know, trying to come up with something to feel valuable, productive. And you would too, right? We, we, can't, we can't just be still and know that God is God. We've got to get back to sports. We've got to get back to school. We've got to get back to jobs. We've got to get back to shopping. We can't rest. We can't be still because everything that we are is tied up in what we do. Produce. That's Martha. It's also known as the idol of performance. We feel we have to perform at school. Our kids feel this way. They live in a performance-based society. We do too. I do too. You do too. We have to perform at school. We have to perform at work. They're even watching us. We'll even get a performance evaluation. They'll tell us, you're not being productive. <laughs> right? And what, this pressure's on us at home. We feel like we have to produce. Like, I have to perform and produce this. We feel like we have to perform and produce on social media. Got to post this. Got to live up to this. Got to look this way and perform. And so people think that I have this kind of life and I got to produce this online. We're performance-based in many areas. And it doesn't matter your age, young or old. Even children, even my children, feel they have to measure up. I got I to gotta do and I got to measure up. Where do you seek to perform? Everybody does. You just got to be bold enough to say, all right, I'm going to open up my heart and really look at that idol and let God really show me. How does your daily or weekly performance shape or misshape your identity? Right? Oh, today I, I, did, this and I did this and now I feel like my identity is in that and I feel good. But if you had a week where you didn't, you're like, it messed my whole identity. I'm, not, I'm worthless. I'm in a bad mood because, uh, you know, my whole... Identity's not been in Christ, it's in my job or in something else, a hobby, and it didn't go well, and so now my whole attitude's messed up. How can we root ourselves in our identity in Christ? This is what Mary was doing. She was sitting at his feet and saying, 
It's not based on this and that. I'm just, it's, it's on the relationship with Christ. I want to listen. There's another idol. We could say this, that maybe idol number two is not the idol of productivity, but the idol of distraction. The idol of distraction. Verse 40 says this, but Martha was distracted with much serving. There's nothing wrong with work and jobs and school and serving, right? There's nothing wrong with those things. But if it is a good thing that becomes a God thing, little g, that makes it a bad thing. You see, idols are never like bad things. Idols, heart idols are good things that we make God things that become bad things, right? The serving's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But don't make it a God thing. Let God be God because God in the body, the flesh is right there, right? You sit at His feet, right? But we all have an idol, and maybe it's called the idol of distraction, whatever the distraction is. It could be a cell phone. Some have said that statistically, it's like you're going to check your cell phone eight times during our time together today, right? You'll make up for it later. But like, like that's how often we're distracted. Some of us are just, even like a teacher, we're just totally distracted with a cell phone. We can't sit at Jesus' feet listening because, right? Or TV, right? Fox News, CNN, Fox News, CNN, right? Just distracted. Nothing wrong with it until it becomes a distraction. Technology, whatever that technology is. Computer, internet, right? Doesn't matter. It could be our children. Distracted. I'm so caught up in the kids and the kids. I can't sit at the Lord's feet and listen because children, children, children. That's our little G's today, little gods. Or other people. Him, Mr. Wright, Miss Her, or just the boys or girls at school or on campus or online. It's like I'm distracted by trying to perform and please them and look a certain way and capture their eye and status and like. I get, I get the like. Maybe it's the job. It can become a distraction. Nothing wrong with work, but it can be the distraction. Money can be the distraction. I'm always after money. You can have money or you can not have money, and money can still be your God because I'm always after it. It's a distraction. It's a necessary evil. Possessions, right? Distracted. People distracted with all their possessions, their toys. School could be a distraction. Right? Even over the top, trying to... The pressure that we put on to make it to college and school and... Maybe it's the hobby that's the distraction. Maybe it's your body image that's the distraction. The clothes and the, the shape. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's politics. All of a sudden, a distraction. Nature. Nothing wrong with nature. Nothing wrong with politics. But if we're distracted by those things, they're idols. Could be this one. Ministry. Religion. Oh, that's a good one. Right, I can get so busy doing things for Christ, my hands and hands, and then God says, let me give you the coronavirus pandemic, and then you can't. <laughs> what are you going to do then? When you just got to sit at my feet and listen, you go, ouch, I didn't do that so well. Lord, I feel like I got to be. So, we're distracted like Martha with many things. Good things turned into God things that make some bad things. So what distracts you during this part of your life? Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed Him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to His teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to Him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What does the Bible say about these idols and these issues? Many things, right? 
We know that our ultimate purpose, our ultimate joy, and our ultimate identity are to be found in Christ. In Christ alone. We're to find our essential self-worth, our satisfaction, not in what we do, but in what Christ has done, in our relationship with Christ. And some of you, because of that pendulum swinging maybe too far to the other side, you say, but God created work. Yes, He did. You're right. God did create the garden and God created work, but He also balanced it with a day. One day a week, He would call it the Sabbath. And that was to be a day of rest, a day of unproductivity. On six days you can work, but on the Sabbath, don't work. And they were strict about it. Don't produce. I can't produce. I can't perform. I'm commanded not to. A Sabbath once a week. And remember, God also said in all those holy days, Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, those are Sabbaths too in the fall. And you got some in the spring around Passover, first fruits and others, and then you got like other Sabbaths and years of Jubilee and other things. And so God built a lot of unproductivity into His system. God wants us to work, but He wants us to not bow down to it as our idol. And currently, what's God attempting to do in a coronavirus pandemic? It's like He's getting His Sabbath back. Well, we can't. Sports and this and that, like we, can't, we just can't rest. But He's saying, Mary, He's chosen what's better. Can you rest? Can you sit? Can you be still and listen? Be still and listen for God's voice. Now, it's the pendulum, right? Listening's not laziness. Don't be lazy. Because laziness isn't listening. Listening doesn't mean watching TV and sleeping. Mary's not watching TV and sleeping. She's not doing her own thing. She's at the Lord's feet listening, right? So laziness isn't the answer either. We don't want that pendulum to swing too far in the other direction. We go from the idol of productivity to the idol of, of laziness, right? No, there's, there's balance. Right? If you're just sleeping and watching TV, don't, don't kid yourself, you're not Mary. <laughs> a balance is what we need. But can we do it? Can we let God reveal to us these truths? As we close, maybe a word to Christians. Those of you who know Christ as Lord and Savior. Closing word to Christians is this. Like Martha, we may have to change our thinking in this area. God may come to us and we may have to say, you know, I, I hear the voice, Eric, Eric. You've been so caught up in what you do. Just be still. We may have to battle our false perceptions in this area. I've had to, because we're all tempted to bow down to it. Idol of productivity, performance, distractions. So being able to just evaluate and say, Spirit, search me and show me, that's going to help our sanctification process. It's going to help us greatly. We can learn from the example of Mary and Martha. We can learn from the words of Jesus. But what about a closing message to non-Christians? If you don't know if you're a Christian, if you don't know if you're saved, and even if you do, here's the truth that we learn. If you're not a Christian, stop trying to produce and perform your own salvation. You can't. Stop trying to work for your salvation. Lord, I can be right with You if I just do this and do that and do this and do that. And the Gospel doesn't say do. The Gospel says done, right? We don't produce our own salvation. We don't perform our own salvation. We don't work for it. But sadly, we get in that mindset, God accepts me today because I, I performed. No, you can't. Let Jesus 
Do that one needful thing. The one needful thing is this. Let Him produce your salvation. Let Him perform your salvation. It's faith before works. You have to sit and listen and give Christ your heart before you try to do all the good works. Faith before works. You know, someone has said that sin is the knot that we can't unravel. Do you remember getting a knot in your shoe as a kid? Or a knot in your fishing line, that was pretty bad. And you tried to unravel it, and the more you tried to unravel it, the worse it got. And what you had to finally do is say, i got to stop trying to unravel this knot and just trust that dad or mom can do it. And they did, right? And that's us. So often we feel like because we're Martha, we got to perform. we got to unravel the knot. We have to try and try and try. And if I can get my life in this area, I can, I can do this and do that. And I'm trying so hard. And sometimes what we've got to do is stop trying to start trusting and say, Christ, can you just unravel this? My life's a mess. Because of sin, I, my life's a mess. I've got this problem and this, this broken area. And no matter what I do, I get... I get, I'm distracted, I'm, I'm running all, I don't even know what to do. We need to just say, Jesus, can you take care of the knot? That's what it means to be a Christian. You trust Jesus to unravel the knot of sin. And so maybe today what some of us need to do is just stop and yield to Him. To stop and yield and say, Christ, it's just about you. Right? I remember emailing a missionary when some of this started. and He was here stateside, I believe he was from like Southeast Asia and in his email, I could kind of sense like he, he doesn't know what to do. Like even like a pastor doesn't know quite what to do some days during a pandemic. All of a sudden he's here and so he's, he's contacting churches. You know, can I, if I can do anything for you or, and help or speak on this or, or whatever. And I wrote him back something that was more for me than for him. And I was like, man, my prayers for you that, that we would focus more on human beings instead of human doings during this time. To just be still. And God's saying, and that's okay. To be still and to know that I'm God. You don't always have to be doing this work and, and after this. Oh, that'll find its time and its place. But the most important thing is, is devotion and fellowship with Christ. Maybe today for you, it's, it's like stop and yield to Him. Look to Him for identity and satisfaction. Be still and know that Christ is God. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.